Misty Seibel, your host. Welcome to Sweet Home Seibel. Okay, today I want to talk about entering toddlerhood as a mom. But first, I do want to say thank you so much to everyone who gave me feedback about my last two episodes. It's really impactful when people reach out and say, I resonate with this. I'm so glad you're talking about this. That proves to me that I pivoted into the right direction. And I just am so grateful if you reached out. Thank you. It means more than you know. And even just that little bit of extra acknowledgement really makes all the difference. And this goes not just for me, but in general, I think society, social media, friendships, bonds would all be so awesome if we just took that two minutes to say, hey, I really liked your stuff. Hey, I really resonated this week with what you were saying. It's such a little part of your day, but it could mean the difference in someone else's day. Just now, I was thinking, do I want to talk about having a toddler? And then I got a text from a friend saying, I just listened to your episodes. Thank you for talking about slowing down and being a stay-at-home mom for your little girl. And it was like, okay, yeah, I guess I'm going to talk about having a toddler now. (laughs) This was my sign that, yeah, like I I should talk about this. So that's what we're going to talk about today, entering toddlerhood. And then at the end, I do want to talk about the book that I read for book club because it was so good. No matter what mom you talk to, I'm sure they would say that while it seems so long and everlasting when you're in the moment, when they look back on their child's infancy, babyhood, toddlerhood, it goes by in the blink of an eye. And I know that because I'm living that right now and seeing my friends having new babies, second babies, third babies. It reminds me that that time is so short, even though when you're living it, it is forever. Like every single day is so long. (laughs) I have to admit, from the beginning, I was most excited for Marlo to be a toddler. When she can start understanding and communicating back to me, that is when I knew I could really prove myself as a mom. The changing of the diapers and the burping and the feeding, so monotonous over and over, that really sent me for a tailspin, and I kind of resented it a little bit. Looking back, obviously, it was such a short amount of time, but I think knowing going into having a child that toddlerhood would be my favorite, maybe it almost masked the infant part. And maybe I did look at it with a little bit of disdain. And maybe that perspective wasn't great. But here we are. We're entering what I absolutely love about children. And that is their growing curiosity. Being a lover of asking questions myself, I find so much joy in teaching my daughter how to look at life and how to question things. Okay, so I'm going to start with a quick story. Every night before Marlo goes to bed, and this has been happening for 
as long as she could have receptive language. So I would say probably around 10 months I started doing this with her. Every night when I put her to bed, I would review our day. And I would tell her specific things that happened throughout the day that I know I had talked about a lot during the day. So for example, if we went on a walk and we looked at yellow flowers, when we were on that walk, I made sure to say yellow flowers a bunch and then maybe bring it up an hour later. And then I would bring it up again at night. And every night, it's gotten a little bit more of a conversation where she'll answer me. But the other night, I was tucking her in and I hadn't asked her any questions. And she goes, hmm. And when Marlo does that, it means that she wants me to ask her something. And I was like, what does she want me to say? And then it clicked in my mind. She's asking me to ask her questions about her day. I asked her a question and you could see her eyes just start to light up. And then she got all excited and she would add details about the day that she remembered. She gets excited about the smallest things. That part of parenthood I absolutely love. Something about having a toddler that I really am going to work on, I want to make sure I'm not ripping away her opportunity to be creative. First, I want to say I'm reading this book. It's called The Artist's Way, and it talks about how our creativity gets blocked from such a young age, from our parents saying, you can't do that, don't put your time and energy into that, or "Eh, that painting could be better, whatever it is. And then I also read a book, Emotional Intelligence, which I've mentioned before, and they mention how creativity is typically squashed in a young adolescent, and that's why so many adults are miserable at their jobs. They weren't taught to go after their passions and be creative. They were taught that the real world is hard and everyone has to join that circus. So when I look at my behavior as a mom, I try and find areas where I'm probably squashing her creativity. And I know that that area is me trying to correct something that she's doing. The other day we were eating lunch and she has this plate. It's shaped like a strawberry and she called it a fish. And my gut reaction was to correct her and say, no, baby, it's a strawberry. But then I thought, it kind of does look like a fish. If you turn it on its side, the top of the strawberry becomes the tail and the point at the bottom of the strawberry becomes the mouth of the fish. So I went along with it, and I was like, where would the fish's eyes be if this was a fish plate? Where would the fish's tail be? And she loved it. And then the next day, we used the same plate, and she called it a fish again, and she was so excited about it. I wonder what would have happened had I just been like, no, that's a strawberry. This is a strawberry plate. I'm sure she would have been fine with it. I'm sure our lives would have gone on just perfectly normal. But it's those little moments that, when added together, create a different type of child than if you would allow that creative side of their mind to grow and question those things. 
yeah, maybe my perspective is this is a strawberry plate and I know that clear as day because it looks like a strawberry. But that doesn't mean it can't be a fish to her in her brain. As long as she's not hurting anybody or not going to be a detriment to society, I need to learn how to allow her to do these things more. Another thing that I have recognized within the way that I parent is taking her out a lot and not taking her out to like the library or to the playground or whatever, which I will do, but I take her out to stores. I take her to the mall. I take her to get lunch, just the two of us. And I let her see how I act in public around strangers. I do this for two reasons. And the first is because, to be honest, I am so introverted. It may not seem like it, but I really am introverted in almost a detrimental way. Like, I would stay home if I could every day. If I didn't have a daughter that needed to be exposed to the world, I would probably stay home every day. And I recognize that in myself, so I push myself to take her out, which then becomes an adventure. It also fills a lot of time, and it helps her learn social graces. So that would be the second part, her learning and watching me say, excuse me, to people in the aisles. And then I explain to her why I say, excuse me. I narrate our day, and especially when we're out and about in public, because I want her to feel confident when she's out and about in public. There will come a time when she needs to feel confident doing things on her own. And if she has that foundation, that baseline, knowing how society works, knowing how to be polite, knowing how to acknowledge people, then I feel a little bit more comfortable with her doing things on her own eventually. We have such a short pocket of time with the development of their brain to build those core foundational moments with our children. And I think I read, and you know how it works when you read things, but I think I read their brain is 90% developed by the age of three. And that's why kids typically go to school starting at three because they have their foundation set. They know kind of how the world works because they've been taught it through the lens of their parents. So I really question what I want that lens for Marlo to be. And I don't want it to be rigid. I want it to be creative. I want her to feel like the world is her oyster, like everything should be happy. Sometimes not everyone else will match that energy, but I want her to know that doesn't mean she can't have that energy. I don't really know how else to teach that other than showing her that. So I take her out, and when we see people frowning, I say, hmm, maybe he's upset. I find myself wanting Marlo to understand more than she does. Sometimes because she can communicate back to me, I forget that she's still learning as she's communicating. And I find that sometimes I'm talking to her in a way I would talk to a five-year-old or a six-year-old who has a better understanding of the world. And that is the hardest part, I think, for me as a mom of a toddler. Like, how do I lead and guide her 
when I'm learning how to lead and guide myself through this role as her mom. This is where my self-medicine comes in, my self-care. I truly, wholeheartedly believe that if I am in a bad space mentally, physically, spiritually, or emotionally, that would wreak havoc on my daughter. And that's not fair to her. I carve out time during my day for me to do whatever it is I need to do to fill my bucket. And sometimes it's only during her nap. Sometimes I wake up early to meditate, to write in my journal, to drink a cup of coffee by myself, to read a book by myself. Because I found that if I don't allow time for myself by myself, I start to resent the time that I have with my daughter. I start to wander in my mind, in my thoughts. I start to look at my phone more. I start to get distracted more. I need to do this. I've got to do this. I have to do this. When I carve out time for myself, those moments with her are so much more connected and strong because I'm not thinking about other things. I've already done my word dump in my journal in the morning. I've already recorded my podcast and edited it. I've already made a to-do list and I know what I need to get done and when I'm going to do it. I'm setting myself and my self-care up for success so that the time spent with my daughter is not half-hearted. If you're listening and you're a stay-at-home mom and you're like, there's just not time. I'm so tired. I just want naps. I just want this. My husband works. I can't ask him to watch the baby for me. Yes, you can. And you should. Women are naturally more emotional creatures. So we naturally give off a more emotional effect, a more emotional aura. And that affects everyone else in the house. So if mama's aura and mama's energy is not up to par, no one's is going to be. So yes, ask for that hour. Go for a walk. Take a bath. Take a nap. Do whatever it is you need to do for yourself to replenish your bucket. And I don't think this is a new concept. I didn't just pull it out of thin air. This idea that's going through, especially a lot of millennials' heads, the millennial generation gets so much shit, but we also have moved so many mountains We're challenging every single status quo that has been set before us, and this one is no different. The mom who is staying at home should not be in charge of the entire house, all of the kids, all of the food, and their husbands or wives. They need to be in charge of themselves first and foremost. It's not as easy as one, two, three, snap your fingers, and your reality changes at home. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of communication with your partner, and it takes a lot of re-evaluating why you feel you don't deserve or can't have or won't make time for yourself. I've been through enough ups and downs while having Marlo to know that I can't hide that from my husband, and I can't hide that from Marlo. So I need to work on it, work through it, so that we can be on stable ground. And in this book, The Artist's Way, I'm reading a lot of how adults distract themselves from being creative 
And a lot of the times that's pouring their attention and heart into somebody else, somebody else's dream, or like their children, raising their children. It's a defense mechanism because you don't think that you deserve it for yourself, so you give it to other people instead. But you're giving on an empty bucket. And that bucket gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper until you ultimately crack or something goes awry. And that could be days, months, or it could be years, depending on how good you are at avoiding filling your bucket. Another self-care tip would be to find a way to be creative that fills your bucket. And as a mom, asking for that every day might be challenging, but maybe set a goal for each week. Maybe it's two hours a week, but that's separated into 30-minute segments. Maybe it's one chunk of two hours on every certain weekday that you know you have. Whatever it is, it's reasonable for you to ask for that, and it's reasonable for you to have that. Okay, my number one would be don't stomp on their creativity. And if you don't know if you are, observe yourself. Observe your actions. Observe how you respond to them and see how you feel about it. Number two, do something out of your comfort zone to show that your child has the capability of doing something out of their comfort zone. And number three, make sure you're putting yourself first because every single day with a toddler gets more and more challenging. As beautiful as it is and as fun and exciting it is to raise a little human, it takes a lot. So make sure you're filling your bucket so that you can give from your bucket. Okay, so I am in a book club, and we just read The Perfect Marriage. It's written by Geneva Rose, J-E-N-E-V-A, and it's very good. I like to think of myself as a thriller, mystery, suspenseful specialist when I read. I typically know who the author is going to point the finger to, but this one I truly did not see coming, and honestly... It was so in my face that it was not in my face, and I really appreciate that from the author. She led you down so many different paths that you had no, really no idea where or how it was going to end up. So I highly recommend it, and if you have any books that you have read and would like to recommend to me, I would love that. I have an interview lined up with my friend Amanda. I'm very excited to do that with her. I want to get more interviews on the books so that you guys can hear from other moms' experiences because I can only speak so much of my experience. I think it would be super beneficial for moms to hear from other moms, and especially moms in different situations than mine. Amanda's situation is really beautiful in a super unexpected way. And I think her sharing that is going to be awesome. So that one will come out in a few weeks. But if you know of anyone else, if you are a mom yourself and you'd like to be interviewed, DM me. Let me know. All right, you guys, that's all from me today. Thanks so much for listening to Sweet Home Cybel. Mm-hmm.